This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. So, one Sunday, we were in Nairobi Chapel. The next Sunday, we were Mavuno. <laughs> <laughs> and why Mavuno? Mavuno is a weird name. Huh? Uh, there's no church that had a name like that. I mean, it was Saint Somebody or, you know, some Celestine. Some, I mean, you're looking for some godly <laughs> <Yes>. name. <laughs> but it was so funny because we really wanted a name that talked about the people we were trying to reach. And one of us, a name that would say, this is your church, you know? And uh, I remember at that point, and it would say that expect something different, because names are important. Mm. It says, as you come in, this isn't going to be what you're expecting. So come in with an open mind. Um, so we had a bunch of names on the screen. We had, with a founding team, because we were a team. Mm. And uh, Kanji was on that team, Pastor Linda, Pastor Simon. There's a, a, a few, few of us who mm. became the original team. And, Pastor uh, Kiyama, was he there? No, he wasn't there then because Pastor Kiyama was actually abroad at that point. Okay. He was in the US doing a year uh, uh, of internship with another church. And so we're doing our brainstorm and we eliminate. We eliminate names. You know how you do our brainstorming. You, you put all your brainstorm names and mm. then you're eliminating. Nah, this one won't work. Mm. This one won't work. So we're left with two names. And one was Refuge. So it's going to be like Refuge Church. And for me, I felt... This church needs to be a safe space mm. where you feel I'm not coming to be judged. I'm coming as I am, you know. Um, but we had also picked Mavuno, and Mavuno just meant it's about the harvest. harvest yeah. It's a more vibrant, dynamic. It's uh, but but I I was kind of leaning towards refuge, yeah. you know, more English, my man. conservative <laughs> side. Eh? A few of the guys felt so. This ones are the two we couldn't decide. So I remember just at that point. Um, just telling guys, it was late, man. We've been here the whole day, guys. We need to pick a name. Let's just pick a name. Whichever name, we'll just die with it. Mm. Uh, I don't think... I, I'm one of those guys where I'm like, God is going to bless whichever choice. God gave us the mind. I'm not one of those guys who's like, God has to tell you everything. Mm. It's like God gave you a mind so that mm. you can think. Uh, and so I'm like, God's given us a mind. Let's pick one of these. They're both good names. So I remember just telling guys, either we pick... And I pointed at Mavuno. Boom. Now, what had been happening outside the window, there was a donkey. That had been a donkey the whole day, grazing, uh, very quietly. The minute I touched the name of Uno, it made this outrageous sound. Like we'd never had a donkey doing that. It was like a scream. And then, I mean, it was crazy. Eh? And then it stopped and went on eating grass. So we each other like... So, so. And Mavuno it was. The donkey has <laughs> Yeah, that's a spiritual reason why we came on the donkey spoke. <laughs> the donkey spoke. That's a spiritual reason why we picked the name yeah, of Uno. But it was a gr- it, it's been a good name, yeah? and yeah. I feel like um, it has a vibrancy to it. It has a uniqueness to it. Uh, it served us well over the years. Huh? What had happened is, as we, were, I remember, I talked about five services. Each of us was allocated one of those services. Mm. So in that one year, I led one service. And I, I, I deliberately chose the 12 o'clock service on a Sunday. Mm. And for me, I, I liked it because that's a service when guys have had a hangover and they still want to come to church. 12 is not too bad. Mm. And so that had, service had begun to take on a flavor uh, about it. And um, 
when we moved to Mavuno now, we were able to really lean into what that flavor would be. One of the people who played a huge role in who Mavuno became was, I mean, I, I mentioned the, 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 the founding pastors. Um, each of them had a very unique role that they played. Um, so, I mean, someone like Kanji, I mean, forever indebted to all of them. Uh, he, he shaped our music, our excellence, our arts culture hmm. uh, in a very strong way. Um, Pastor Simon shaped our prophetic hmm. uh, prayer culture. And for me, that's a beauty, is when you have those two things. People come into Mavuno expecting it to be shallow and it's frothy and just entertainment. And then they're like, whoa, what just happened there? Because it's a very strong spiritual encounter. Mm. And I feel for me, those two are very important. As you're trying to reach people who don't like church, they need to come in and it's easy. And it's, I enjoy this and I'm not feeling threatened or on the spot. Mm. I can actually relate to the music they're singing, uh, which to a church person, they probably hate it because it's not their music. But at some point, God checks in and they're like, there's something transcendent that just happened that I can't explain with my senses. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's what God wants. He wants to speak in your language, but he wants to enter into your space. And I feel like those two guys helped us bridge that very well. Mm -hmm. Pastor Linda's strength was teaching. And so she has a very strong bent for just biblical teaching. And that became a very strong uh, suit for us as well. I think my, my job was just to hold these guys together and make sure they don't, they don't run over each other. You know, keep, keep everybody focused mm. on where God was calling us to go and keep us loving the people that God has called us to love. So we, we began, I mean, I remember just beginning and uh, being shocked that people actually, because we did our research. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was like, I want, why is it that when guys come to church, they're so chilled? They're so uneasy. They're so, it's like going to a funeral. You know, it's like you're trying not to do the wrong thing. It's, it doesn't feel them. Then you go to the same guy the night before at the club, he was on a table shouting at the top of his lungs. I was like, <laughs> why is that dissonance? Who's yeah. the real person here? Mm. And I'm like, the guy in the club is actually being himself. The guy in church is fake. Mm. Uh, look at how he dresses in the club. He puts on his best, the clothes that are most comfortable. When he goes to church, he puts on the clothes that he would never wear. Mm. You know, he doesn't even like, it's like, I just have to wear them because it's my Sunday best, you know? And so just looking at that and saying, for us to really reach these guys, we have to get beyond the surface and go to the real person. And so I got my team to, we, we went, I mean, go to a nightclub and just check guys and say, how do we get guys to be like that? You know, at, at, in the nightclub, when guys are taking a few pints, yeah. they are real. <laughs> they talk, They talk. I mean, my wife, nee, 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 nee. I'm like, how come guys don't talk like this in church? What's wrong? What are we doing wrong? Uh, go to a sports game, we went to a sports games, and you find, when your team scores, you're hugging strangers. It's like, wow, you're crying. Yeah. I'm like, this, guy, this is what church should be, man. I mean, it's love, it's together, it's like our team. But when you're in church, that isn't the case. So we began to ask, what does it take for church to be that? You know, that place where you come in, instant, you find your family, you find your tribe, uh, you want to die together, you love these people, uh, and it makes sense for you. You know, it's your language. So, so we began to do experiments, you know, and those experiments, I mean, first of all, they had two different results. Uh, church people hated them. Uh, <laughs> so we got a lot of flack those early days. Huh? Yeah. Uh, people say the music. Even, even before you enter the flack and the thingy, that for me is what I found as an internal person who spent some time working at Mavuno, the, the, the understanding of the demographic. The yeah. fact that you're able, I mean, to, let me just be real, it was corporate. 
where you're able to enter and say, this is the person we're targeting, this is how the person speaks, yes, this is the kind of exactly. money the person makes, this yep, is the kind yep. of thing. We did, we did our demographic surveys, found out who we're reaching, we gave them names. Mike we, McKenna. Mike and McKenna, we figured them out. And it's like, this is where they go, this is what they listen to. So I like our music needs to be connected to what they're listening to, you know? Their sense of coming here has to make them feel like mm. it's a continuation of their lifestyle. Mm. So, so we did that. And I remember just being shocked. I mean, I remember the early days at Mavuno just in shock, literally, every day in church. Because I'd be standing at the door and guys would be telling me, do you know who that guy is? Like he owns the most popular pub in the city. Do you know who that guy is? He's, it's like people were coming who did not have any business being in church. Yeah. And that's what told me there's something right that we were doing. We were reaching the people we're supposed to be reaching. You see, Jesus was surrounded by tax collectors and sinners, prostitutes, the people who had no business being in church. Mm. And I always, for me, that's my greatest joy. Whenever I see that happening at Mavuno, I always feel like we're close to where we're supposed to be. This is who God has called us to reach. You don't like swatching church, you you know you're excited all through the service. It's great to be at Mabula. Awesome. Present worship. Them to us. The worship is amazing. Where real issues are handled. They are not shy about how they approach real life issues. What do you like about Mabula? The samosas. I love it. I love the name. I love the passes. I love the worship team. I love the way we are real. It's nice, the teachers are nice and they teach you well. Mavuno is good, we are real. What about Mavuno? I like the music. I like um, because of the services. It's um, very good and uh, educational. Because it has good children. The little children? Yes. The prisonership. It's fun. Everybody cures and Mavuno is just great. The community. The scripture teaching, it takes care of uh, everybody. Great music, uh -huh. great preaching, uh -huh. and a great congregation, great community. Yeah. I like the layout, I mean, it's a very cool, I like the ambience. The lighting, uh, the sound is good. My phone is very vibrant. Oh, it's a family, that's what I like about it. Yeah, it's a place where you hook up with God in fantastic ways. It's the love. The music, the people, the word, it's my home, it's my family. With the camp and we're moving to a new land, which will be great. The music, the worship is fantastic. Mavuno has changed my life, my prayer life. Um, I just love the community. The ecclesias. <laughs> very good food. Mm -hmm. I like the music, I like the preaching, I like the people. Uh, Mavuno for me is uh, a place where I link up with people. This is what's happening in Nairobi and uh, we invite all of you out there to come and join us. I love everything about this church. This ain't your grandma's church. Your grandma's church. church. Say that again. It ain't your grandma's church. Your One grandma's more time. Church. This ain't your it grandma's ain't church. Your grandma's church. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's enough. So, so that, that became our joy now is to reach those guys. So we began to do things that... I mean, we, we did take backs, we'd do songs that were the popular songs, I rem, I rem, and we'd put, the, we'd put gospel words to them. 
And for me, the and interesting... And that got flack, of course. Of co- from the church. <laughs> but from the guys who were reaching. And yeah. for me, that's what I think my job was to keep the team focused on. Guys, this is who we are reaching. So keep listening to who you're reaching. If it offends the people you're reaching, there's a problem, you know. Let Because I feel like the gospel itself has an offense. Mm. Jesus' words are not... Politically oh, correct. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> oh, I'm here to make you rich. Jesus isn't like that. Jesus is like, I've come to mess your life. I've come to take you out of your selfishness and show you why I made you. I've got a plan and a purpose for your life and it's going to destroy all those little dreams that you're dreaming and give you a reason to live. And that reason might even make you suffer, but it's going to be what I created you for. That's radical. So It's offensive. It's offensive. (laughs) So the church needs to remove its own offense so that people can actually encounter the offense of Jesus himself. Because that's the offense they should be dealing with. But the problem is they're dealing with our offense. So they're not even getting to the offense of the gospel. They're dealing with the fact that we're playing music for ourselves. We're thinking about ourselves. We're speaking language that only we can understand. So we need to remove this offense and allow people to actually encounter the real offense of the gospel. And that's what I kept my team focused on. Okay, guys, let's keep the message core. This is who we're reaching. That's insane. I'll tell you how I joined Mavuno. I joined Mavuno about this time. I'm newly saved. I'm that example of that person you're just talking about. I'm love Jesus, trying to find Jesus. I know I love Jesus that I found him in my own space. In your space, yeah. But I'm trying to, I'm hoping, and God has told me to become a rapper. So you can imagine me going to churches and telling them, maybe I'll be told to hey, become a rapper. those days, rap, what is that? Well, that's that's, a, that's, that's of hell. That's insane. <laughs> that's devil's music. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, I'm like, yeah. that's, I don't know, yeah. but that's no, that's all I know I've been told. So somehow, my first encounter meeting you was the craziest thing because I tell you what it is and you're like, okay, now, now, next Sunday, can we pre- co-preach together? I'm a 24-year-old <laughs> and you tell me, can you jump on stage with me and I want to do a someone called this ain't your grandmother's church. Yep, I remember that. I was so confused. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to convince people that I'm, I love Jesus. To I mean, like, and so when I'm talking about radicalness, that automatically made me feel accepted, made me feel home made me feel supported and then i was being told okay now you're rapping this is what i'm going to do for it on top of that you keep rapping we're going to open up doors for you you're going to go to high schools so i found that very now retrospect looking back i can be like yo this was radical i've had conversations with some musicians who were in that space cheesy for example despite the joys despite the pain there's some things that he says for me which stand out very radical like for example him saying you come in and after that, you will get equipment from the church yeah. that you can yeah. own the equipment, yeah. which is yeah. equipment that he owns right now. So you are radical in in the outreach element, and that led to growth. And the, the issue was, do what it takes to reach the people God wants to reach. Because God, Jesus says, I didn't come to reach those who are churched. I didn't come to reach those who are already safe. I came to reach the guys who are lost. And so the church can't be here I can't be starting a church to try and reach all the guys in other churches. Mm. I'm like, those ones are good. I'm so happy that you're happy, you know. But there's a whole bunch. I mean, Nairobi is an unchurched city. Mm. We often don't get it. Yeah. But Nairobi is a completely unchurched city. Statistics tell us that maybe 90% of Nairobi does not go to church. Does not. Does not go to church. Mm. You know, 90%. I mean, how dare we be arguing about a little 10%, you know? <laughs> the market share is with the devil. For me, in my view, yeah. the, the other side... Is, 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 is the market leader. Uh, the church is not the market leader. And the, the sooner we get that out of our, into our heads, the better, because you've got a message that actually can change lives. You've got a product, if you want to use that language, mm. that actually is what the masses need. Everybody needs this product. Mm. But you're so busy selling it to yourselves and to your regular, already converted people, 
that you're not actually asking how do how do the people who really need this message get it and i think that's what god really put on our hearts no don't be about the the 10% be about the 90% in everything you do but yeah. that, okay now again i want us to enter a bit of leadership because i found this a bit impressive especially in retro, a lot of these questions now i'm asking i'm not asking as a 24 year old yeah. i didn't understand 90% of what was happening i loved it you enjoyed it i enjoyed i was i loved it but now i can yeah. retrospect because your be, language yes yeah. i can be like yo this was very this was crazy as a leader uh, you get as a business leader or as a church leader yeah or as a person leading people for example the mavuno worship project i mean how does a small group of 300 400 500 people create a product that completely changes East Africa and and radically enough to say let's record the first live DVD CD recording when a church is probably two or three years old. Yeah. Welcome to the Mavuno Worship Project. I'm really glad that you're getting a chance to watch this. I believe that God is doing an amazing thing on the continent of Africa. He's restoring hope and confidence that have been missing from this continent since the times of colonization. And he's raising up a new generation, a generation that is gifted and that is passionate. And I believe that this generation will be a blessing not just to Africa, but to the continent of the world as well. We are part of that generation. And our message is this, that because the unchanging God is at work here on the continent of Africa, then the words of Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 are true for our generation. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God is risen nothing can stop us. What you're about to see is as a result of many months of prayer and preparation. And our prayer and our hope is that as you watch it, your heart will be warmed, that you'll be encouraged, and that maybe you'll even begin to ask, what is your role in the things that God is doing in building up the continent of Africa? You see, Africa, it's time for you to arise, for your time has come, and God's glory is risen. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up right now for Kanji Mbogwa and the Mavuno Worship Team. Alright people! Yeah, I think what happened is there was such a hunger for what we were doing, huh? that even the, like the artists the Kanji had a whole tribe of people around him and they were finally getting an expression where the church wasn't telling them what to do the church was asking them what can you do you know because one of the things I, when I asked Kanji to be our worship pastor I mean Kanji wasn't a pastor he was not he was far from it he was not even a gospel I mean he was he was a gospel musician but he was more like a pop Afro, musician uh, you know Afro exactly I mean so when I asked him to be a worship pastor that was not in his where he was heading but it's interesting God had already been preparing him for it but he told me, are you, are you ready for what I, what I can do? I mean, are you, do you really want me to do this? Because it means you actually allow me to do it. And for me, I'm like, dude, yeah, tell me what we need to do. Uh, you know the mission. You know where we're heading. You define it. And I think that was the thing. By not telling, trying to tell people the what, we told people the why. Mm. Here's what we're doing. Now you tell us how to do it. And I think that's why so many artists got expression. So many people found a way to bring in their strengths and to actually help us pass this message. Um, but there was a big revolution, and it, was a big, it, it had a big impact, like you mm. say. I think what kept me even going at that point is um, the stories. It, for me, it's always about stories. 
And I think for a leader, when you're facing uh, criticism, when you're facing challenges, you have to keep the main thing the main thing, which is why are we doing this? And every week, there'll be Mavuno stories. Every week, those stories would just be like, if, if, if we only did this church for this one person, mm. it, it was worth it, you know? Uh, I remember one guy who came to church because in the rave at three, when you get really open, because now you've drunk enough to lose all inhibition, he told his boy his problems. And his boy looked at him and told him, dude, there's a church for guys like you, Bana. You need to go to Mavuno. I hear they help guys like you. Mm. I mean, yeah, the guy was in, he was in, Paka even his boy was like, I can't help you. But there are some guys called Mavuno, I've heard. Yeah. They can help you. So that, that next morning, the guy rolled his car into Bellevue, where we were at that point, parked his car in the parking lot, promptly blacked out. Woke up at one when everybody had driven out of church. Like he missed the service. That's how high he was. Eh? <laughs> so, so it was like, dang. So he went home. Uh, the next night, he left the rave earlier and so that he could make it for the service. So he came for the service. This time he didn't sleep. Actually walked into church. Was so riveted by what he heard uh, that he was like, I need to take, I need to join this. So we were talking about Mizizi. So he joined that course. Completely changed his life. Discovered his purpose. Got focused. Stopped drinking. Gave his life to Christ, became passionate. I mean, got married. So I meet him years later in Uganda uh, because I, I'm visiting our church in Kampala mm -hmm. and he's one of the leaders. And I ask him, what's your Mavuno story? And that's the story he tells me. Whoa. Like, this is one of our leaders now. He's doing some major things, impacting lives. But he's like, I came to Mavuno because there's a church for guys that would accept guys like me. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been to, recently I was in one of our churches, not too long ago, where somebody was sharing how she walked into church and there was somebody who was obviously high and had come from the rave, smelling still of the rave, and how she wasn't even a Christian, but she was so angry because the Mavuno guys didn't stare at this guy. They didn't make him feel... In fact, people what came and... Here? When there was that kind of minutes of friendship, people came and shook his hand. It's like, can this... I mean, similar to my story with Joe. She was a bit <laughs> pissed. She was like, what's wrong with this church? Yeah. And at some point she was like, wow, if they don't judge this guy, it probably means they won't judge me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like for me, when I hear those stories, when I see the radical transformation stories at Mavuno, it makes me like, yeah, I think it's worth doing. It's been worth it. Yeah. Okay, let's backtrack a bit, even before we talk about, because there's two things I want to ask. I want to ask about the move from this small congregation of about three, 400 people to radically exploding and being a mention in news features, in everything, in Bellevue, in, in the church to go to. Yeah. But before that, I want to ask about Mizizi. Because that is the, the secret tool that has been used. Oh, it's an important part of the yeah. story. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Yeah. Okay, let's backtrack a bit, even before we talk about, because there's two things I want to ask. I want to ask about the move from this small congregation of about three, 400 people to radically exploding and being a mention in news features, in everything, in Bellevue, in, in the church to go to. Yeah. But before that, I want to ask about Mizizi, because that is the the secret tool that has been used. Oh, it's an important part of the yeah. story. I think what happened is I was very, I kept thinking, how does a church help people? 
to move from that space because Jesus loves people just the way they are. So God never asks you, change your dressing, change your lifestyle before you come to me. He's like, come as you are. Mm -hmm. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. So the church must have tools to help you move from this area to where God wants you to be. And because remember I studied biochemistry, scientists are all about process. Mm -hmm. You've got a raw material, you have to ask, you, want, you know what the finished product needs to be. And for me, the finished product is somebody who's changing the world. Mm. So the question is, what's the process to get somebody to the place where they're actually changing mm. the world? And I, I tried a lot of stuff. There are things that churches in the West use. I tried a lot of the curriculum people are using. It just wasn't working. And so one day, I just in frustration, I quit. I just like, I was at Nairobi Chapel. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, this is when I'd come back from the States. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's not working. And I'm the kind of guy who I can't do something that's not working just because people do it. I'm like, done. But because I was the pastor in charge of discipleship, when people get saved, they're sent to me. <laughs> people are still being sent to me. And chapel was doing its business. So guys are still getting saved. And when they'd sign up, they'd be told, uh, the pastor is on a bit of a sabbatical. <laughs> He'll get back to you. But thanks for signing up. So one day, um, a group of guys were really pissed because they had actually, they got saved and they really wanted help from the church. Eh? So they called the intern who had been telling them about this so-called pastor who's not ready. And they were like, dude, you, you, you're messing around with us. This, in fact, I like guys who don't go to church because they don't even know church language. The guys are like, the customer service here is horrible. I mean, you, you guys have told us you'll call us the last two weeks, nobody's calling. So the guy was a bit, I think he was a bit intimidated. So he just signed, signed them up and he told them the pastor will meet you, Kesha, in fact. Uh, that's his plan. So... <laughs> he signed up these guys. Then he came and told me, these guys are demanding to see you tomorrow. It was a setup. Eh? He just basically set me up. So I and you remember up. the intern? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're friends. Actually, he's, 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 a, he's a senior pastor of a church in the US now, a very large church in the US. Oh, nice. Um, so, um, so anyway, so he, 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 he called the meeting. So we, I showed up. Me, I knew it was a setup. So I was a bit pissed by this intern who's setting me up. Eh? And I was also a bit like, I'm not ready. I feel like I'm not ready. So, but I met these guys and I was like, guys, um, what we're doing hasn't worked. I'm not seeing any life change in it. I was just very honest with them. So I told them, I've been thinking in my mind of a process that would actually help people experience Christianity, experience the claims of Jesus for themselves. And not just intellectually, but actually practice them together. So I said, I'm, I'm willing to do an experiment with a few brave people. Because I said, I don't know if there's no guarantee it'll work. Yeah? Mm. And I said, and the problem is, Whoever is willing to do it has to pay for it because me, I don't believe in free things. And <laughs> I believe when you pay for something, you value it. And also, the truth is there's no budget for experiments right now. So, <laughs> so I was very blunt with them. And I said, number two, um, it'll also, you also have to put in the time. Because if I give you this curriculum, whatever we create, if you come at it just before class and you're trying to read quickly to pretend you've read, it's not going to change you. So I was like, me, I'm going to read, you guys have to read. And then number three, I said, you're going to have to be real. Because the thing I've come to be convinced is if people aren't real, they don't change. If we become fake the way we are, we're fake in church sometimes, it's not going to work. So if you're not willing to be real, this class is not for you. Mm. And so I was like, so sign up. If you want the class, let me know. And I told them snacks are free today, but from now on you pay. <laughs> so, so it was actually not a sales pitch for them to take the class. It was for them to, it was for them to bounce. Because I was like, I'm not ready. Like all of them, there were 20 of them, all of them signed up. And the even crazier thing, I didn't get a list of 20. There were 20 in the class. I got a list of 30. So when I asked Barry, the intern, what's this? He told me, these are some of their buddies. Some of them say, that's exactly what my buddy in the office needs. So guys wrote the names of their friends. So I had 30. And the next Sunday, next, next Tuesday, 30 people showed up. So 
what I decided to do is, okay, I'm just going to, because I, I mean, now I have to start. So I, I said, okay, what have I seen as a problem in Christianity? What have I seen people not understanding or not being transformed in? So we just began this process. Every week I'd create a curriculum on one topic like that. And I told guys, I'll give it to you. You read it. Then don't come to class to read. Come to class, we practice it. Mm. And so guys would do that. They would read, then they come to class, then we practice. It's, there's no theory here. Ulisoma, sawa, tufani. And what we found is in that 10 weeks, I saw more transformation than I'd seen all my career before as a pastor. Like lives literally changed. God did such radical things in their lives. Like one lady was a chain smoker. She had been a chain smoker for years. She was cured like this. Just because of practicing what God had said we practice. Mm. Um, so we saw so many life changes. It was such a dramatic 10 weeks. Those guys became such good buddies. They became so close. And even till today, I mean, many of them are still very good friends. In fact, many of them are still in my life as very good friends. Mm. Uh, that 10, 10 weeks later, I was like, there's something we've, 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 we've just, cracked. We've, yeah. There's something that's happened. It yeah. wasn't, and for me, it wasn't like I was deliberate. I really felt God was, because there's no way you can write a curriculum yeah. in 10 weeks. Yeah. Yeah? Like the transformation was just too wild. So after that, um, we, I was like, okay, done. This is not a school. You've done 10 weeks. We have to stop. So I stopped because it was like, it's long enough. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, next week, we're going to do a retreat. We'll pray for you guys. Uh, and from then on, we'll baptize the ones who want to be baptized. And we'll be done. So we had a retreat, prayed for them. Mazay God did some crazy things. I mean, people's lives were dramatically transformed. And... I can tell you stories about people in that class today and what they're doing. Mm. And you won't even believe, you know. And what happened is we had a baptism. And now, in the time that we were now doing the retreat, Mavuno had just been planted. So these things <laughs> I did, Mizizi started in chapel, it ended in Mavuno. Yes. It finished in Mavuno, the first Mizizi. Yes. It bridged. So we finished. So I was, I was like, guys, let's do a baptism. So Mavuno was at the South Sea Sports Club. There was a pool. Yeah. So I was like, we don't have a baptistry. Let's do a pool. So we jumped into the pool. These guys invited their buddies, like from the office, their parents, guys came. It was a bash. And then because we're not a, we, we'd never done a baptism, there was no formality, it was just enter the water, we just dunk these guys. <laughs> the first guy I dunked, because I'm baptizing him, he came up, he gave a huge cheer, then he jumped in and dunked me. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So everybody's laughing, everybody's high-fiving. I mean, it was the most joyous celebration I'd ever been in. I'd never, I'd never seen anything like that. I mean, it was such a fun celebration. Mm. And after the baptism was over, one of the guys comes, gives me a hug, and then tells me here are the names of the next class. Like, their <laughs> workmates had signed up for the next class. We hadn't even talked about it. I'd not even thought about a next class. But it's like, here are the names. Just call these guys. They're ready for next week. So I didn't, even, I didn't even have time to lead the next one. I'd plan, I think I was planning to be somewhere. So I called some of the two guys in the class. I told them, you guys are the ones leading. And that's how Mizizi began. That's crazy. So there was no intention to make a book. Every week we'd give photocopies. And we did that for many months. That's insane. It's only one day I went to a church. I went to Mamlaka Hill Chapel. And I saw a guy carrying a book. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. What, is, what are you reading? I'm always curious when I see people with books. And he showed me. And it's like, here's your book. Like he had taken all my photocopies. He had... Thinking them into a book, he was using it for discipleship in his church. And that's when I thought, oh my God, we actually wrote a book. And so that's how that story happened. I mean, today... In fact, I was going to ask that. To tell us about Mizizi, how far it's gone, about how many people have done. I'm sure... I mean, over I mean, 200,000 people. Uh, over, I mean, all continents, basically, or six continents in the world. It's been translated in over 10 languages. Uh, it's dramatic what God has done with it. I mean, it's been... it's. 
I've gone to, I remember one church I was in the States and they were telling me a story about, a, they went to Honduras and I didn't even know where Honduras was. I had to look on the map. <laughs> huh? And they said that there's a police academy in Honduras uh, where a guy did Mizizi in the States, then went to Honduras and in Spanish led a, a Mizizi group in the police academy, the Kiganjo of, yeah. of that country. Yeah? And a third of the people of the police who graduated that year, he had taken them through Mizizi. And none of us knew. I mean, he was just, he was basically just photocopying the book and, and getting guys <laughs> through it, which for me, I don't care. Yeah. I'm like, done. And it was so interesting because, I mean, hearing now from a second party who was sharing in his church about how he went to another country and then saw the impact of that. So it's in Sri Lanka, it's in Mexico, it's in Congo, it's in, I mean, it's all over the world, basically. And it's just God who's taken it there because we haven't actively even tried yes. to take it into those countries. It's yeah. people who, it transformed their lives so much that they decided somebody else has to go through this. Somebody else has to by go hook through or crook. Yes. I remember even um, within Mavuno how people would use their own money, fly every week to Uganda. To, to take people to, through to Mizizi. Take, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, that how our church in, that's how our church in Uganda was started. It was people, business people here going on their own dime to take other people through it. So when you experience a transformation, you want to help other people uh, go through that transformation. Okay, let's talk about now from the club. A lot of people didn't know Mavuno from that perspective of it being in that small South Sea sports club. Now, the transition of it moving into Bellevue and the explosion of that. Yeah, I mean... Because, I mean, from your story, I've not had you having to lead this many people. So I would like to hear it from... Because <laughs> growth, huh? I mean, because remember, I moved with like a group of people. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. <laughs>